Well, hello there. Welcome to another Weekend Update. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. Well, it's Saturday, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know that there's a lot in the news I expected more, but then I guess there is, depending on how you uh, surgically dissect this news, you know. They had a long interview. Uh, uh, who did? Steve Bannon had a long interview with President Trump. You know, and I was going to take clips from it, but uh, there were artifacts in it, digital artifacts that were really annoying. And I was thinking, no. boy, I wonder if they're doing that intentionally. But uh, I couldn't play it. It would have driven Two the Two days ago, nuts. that happened to our show. It sounded great in uh, in uh, production. Then you go to post-production, you go, oh, that was another great show, you know. And what the, it was coming from my end, even though here, like just right now, I'm looking, all the levels are great. What I hear is great. What's going out? Uh, post-send, uh, it sounds great. So, you know, you don't know. And... Um, but it gets somehow in the machine, goes through the wires, and goes, ha, ha, we got you. Well, you know, think, you, with technology being what it is, it wouldn't surprise me that the um, people on the other side have uh, the means to mess things up if they want to, technically. Well, you know, you, you go, you, you might sit there and go, gee, come on, Jim, come on, Bill. You know, are you in the rabbit hole again? Nobody's listening to you. Nobody, nobody's monitoring you, really? Well, let me tell you this. You sit down and mumble to yourself in your little living room all by yourself that, boy, you know, I want to get, uh, I need to get in shape. I want to buy a bicycle. Yeah. All of a sudden, your little uh, Alexa box is popping up ads every time you turn on the computer. There's an ad for a bicycle every time you turn on your phone. Oh, wow, it's reading my mind. No, they're listening to you get you know get real they yeah. know they they know what you're thinking politically don't tell me when you're sitting there with a friend talking politics somebody's not listening going all right we need to target that because this is what america's talking about let's spin that news haven't you wondered folks why when you go to your uh your browser and you see little ads and the ads will be about maybe uh your your favorite uh, toothpaste or about uh, a sports team you follow all the time. How does it know that you follow this sports team? But they do. I'm going to turn my browser on today, and one of the teams I follow, the first thing that popped up is a story about them. And I thought, mm-hmm. well, how do they know that I'm not a fan of another team? It's because they listen to you. They monitor you. They, they monitor your browsing habits so that they uh, can they can tailor they say tailor their ads to your taste right um well they're doing that they can use it to attack you politically to take stories and change your opinion bill tucker carlson uh was on vacation i guess last summer up in Mm -hmm. maine and well i'll let i'll let him explain the story this is this is Tucker Carlson. Listen. I always wanted to go to Russia. I want to meet Putin. He's a player in world affairs. Why wouldn't I want to interview him? That's my job. So I didn't tell anybody, including at my company or my producers or whatever. I reached out to a friend of mine who I thought might know somebody. We had a bunch of exchanges about this, got in touch with the Russians. And then I got a call last, summer before last, from a very, very close, one of my closest friends in Washington saying, hey, why don't you come up on Sunday in Washington? I need to talk to you about something. What is it? I can, just come up. So I actually flew to Washington from Maine to go see this friend 
friend who's like, I know someone at NSA, you know, not a low level person at all, who secretly likes your show, who told me that you were trying to get a Putin interview and go to Russia. I was like, mm. nobody knew this. Not one person knew this. So the hair in my arms went up. So I knew this was real. And they have your emails and your texts and they're going to leak them to the media to discredit you as a Putin lover. I was rattled by, I mean, I'm not often rattled just because I've been doing this for so long, but that bothered me. National Security Administration. They were monitoring his emails, his phone calls. They knew that he had an interest in going to Russia to interview Putin, and they were going to use that against him to uh, disparage him. I have so many things to say on that topic. Let's go with the last thing you said. They're going to use it against them. It used to be in the media. You know, you don't lie to the media, and the media doesn't lie to you. Now, one of the things you could do is you could spin a story. You got some bad news coming out or a a question that really is defamatory to you. You spin it. You spin it to turn it around, but you don't lie about it. But now, you know, politicians lie all the time, and it's obvious, and the news is right there with them. So that's problem number one. Problem number two is, you know, that they're listening and they, they, they do stuff like that. But I'm of the belief, uh, I'm not saying Russia's a good player, China's not a good player, and surely we're not a good player. We're all, we've all got our bad, but we all got our good. And I don't, I don't fault any of the people that live in Russia and believe in the country that they grew up in. That's what they know. That's how they know it. And that's, that's their heritage. And I believe that uh, a healthy world means that each of these nations are a strong nation because then if I'm stronger than the other guy, I'm going to, I'm going to take my influence of, of strength and I'm going to dominate them and dictate and control them. And that's not what you want in the world. And you don't want them to do that to you too. It's mutually assured destruction. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So you sit there, you have no choice, but to sit there and say, Hey, you know, I appreciate this in your culture. You got some beautiful buildings there. Great food there. Let's just get along. You know, do you know who believed that the previous president that we had, Donald Trump, Donald Trump believed in, uh, a relationship with your enemies. He said, what's wrong with being friends with Putin? What's wrong with being friends with Xi? There's nothing wrong. Now, the one thing that is wrong is Joe Biden, because Joe Biden would go, well, I get along. I'm giving them all of our top secrets and giving them all of our business. No, Joe, that's not what you do. You know, now, one thing is China probably has some pretty valuable uh, things on their own that they developed, they've, they've, they've manufactured, and resources that are theirs. Just like we have intellectual property and resources that is naturally ours. They should go over and do their thing and make it valuable to us to want, just like we do our thing and make it valuable to them to want. As far as the warring capabilities, you know, that's something you keep to yourself, but that's also something that, hey, I think that you you do it for self-preservation and also, you know, it is it's it's a fence between us to say, you stay on your side unless we say, hey, come on over. And I'll stay on my side and say you you say, hey, let's come on over, let's get together and let's be friends. Yeah, that you you 
makes so much sense and it seems so logical, yet the people who are running our country right now, they don't believe in this. They do not believe in this. Otherwise, we wouldn't be supporting that war in the Ukraine. Uh, they, we would be trying to negotiate peace. But Biden doesn't believe in that. Neither does uh, mm-hmm. people like Victoria Nuland. She's one of these deep state people who was not elected, who has an incredible amount of power and is a big big part of the war in the Ukraine. She actually started it rolling back in 2014, and she enthusiastically kept pushing towards the uh, the consummate war, the ultimate war that we had uh, we began about a year and a half ago. Interesting, we just played Tucker. Fox News is trying to sideline uh, Tucker Carlson uh, until... After the 2024 election, I played this yesterday, but some people may not have heard it, so I'm going to play it again today. This is Megyn Kelly explaining why. I'm in termination and um, have a lot of thoughts about it. I want to, I think, break some news for you. Tucker Carlson hasn't actually been fired. (laughs) He's still an employee of the Fox News Channel. What happened was Suzanne Scott called him, she's the CEO, on Monday morning and said um, he was not going to be allowed to do any more shows and that he had been kicked out of his company email. And now they're going to have to negotiate an exit. Um, Some reporting to me uh, suggests that she said it's going to be an amicable parting, right? Isn't it? (laughs) Um, Completely catching Tucker off guard, but Tucker's not fired. That's my information, that he still needs to negotiate the exit and that right now he's not free to launch a podcast or a digital show or negotiate with other employers at all because he's still under contract. They pulled his show off the air. They also fired his executive producer, Justin Wells. And though he tried to find out why, they wouldn't tell him. They refused to tell him why. I mean, to me, that's just so disheartening. He's been at the at the company for years. He'd been in the prime time for seven years and saw Fox News through one of the most difficult times in its history, the immediate era post Roger Ailes, where they didn't know left from right. They didn't know up from down. They really didn't have strong management leading the company. And they had lost two of their biggest stars, Bill O'Reilly and me, <laughs> um, at least at that time. So Tucker takes over. It's a huge order you know, that he was given and he did it. He smashed the ball out of the park and he took a lot of risks and he was heterodox. He was, he pushed against the orthodoxy on so many different things. And typically Fox News liked that. So why, why now, what was it that led them to treat their number one star with such disdain? I mean, dripping disdain to the point where he can no longer access his email. He doesn't get to tell his own team. He doesn't get to say goodbye. I mean, it's absolutely disrespectful to him. And unlike Don Lemon, he hadn't been immersed in controversy after controversy inside the building against his own colleagues. Yes, the leftist media had been coming after him repeatedly. And in the case of Dominion, to some extent, lawyers, though he wasn't their primary focus. So what was it? What would make your own company turn against you like that? The Fox News audience is clearly mad, and I don't blame them. It'll be interesting to see what the ratings were for the 8 p.m. hour last night. Brian Kilmeade hosted it. Uh, It's a rotating cast for now. And we'll see what they decide to do there. It's not Brian's fault. I mean, 
here's Brian, FYI, here, here he is uh, in a moment where he is kind of acknowledging what happened. I'll just play you the 14 seconds. It's not 21. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Fox News Tonight. I am Brian Kilmeade. As you probably have heard, Fox News and Tucker Carlson have agreed to part ways. I wish Tucker the best. I'm great friends with Tucker and always will be. But right now, it's time for Fox News Tonight, so let's get started. Uh, Kilmeade's a sweet guy, and he's a company man. He's, he, I'm sure... He wasn't thrilled to be asked to do that show on that particular day, but he did it. He's a, he's a loyal employee. And Fox News is banking on its audience not leaving it, on its audience being more in love with the Fox News brand than they were with Tucker. Uh, and we'll see. We'll see whether or not that's true. But I just think the way they handled it was disrespectful and gross. And I think Tucker Carlson deserved better. I certainly hope that he uses Brian Friedman, my old lawyer, uh, to get the remainder of his contract. The Wall Street Journal reporting that Tucker was making around $20 million a year and that they will pay him out on his deal. I don't know when it expired, but he was in the process reportedly of negotiating a renewal. So they should pay him out and they should let him out of his non-compete so he can go out there and get his voice on the air now when his audience will most be missing it. Even after they formally have agreements in place, uh, there will be a non-disparagement clause that prevents Tucker and his people. Like, they also got rid of, well, they said that the executive producer quit, but uh, then I heard that he was fired, too. You know, I have a lot of thoughts on this, but I'm going to back up to another talk person that uh, does the Internet, and they, and they they said, well, they, they know where Tucker goes next, and that's going to be the Internet. He's made for the Internet. I don't know about that. Yeah, he could do a great show, but, uh, and you know, I have feelings about, uh, yeah, we do the internet, but I think we have, uh, we have, we come to it from a different place. We, we do, we come to, we come to the internet and to podcasting from broadcasting and, Mm -hmm. and we bring with our, uh, we bring with that experience, uh, a professionalism. I don't mean to sound like we're blowing our own horn, but, uh, there are certain things you just don't do on broadcasting, and and it's just the way the the business right. is. You take a dinner table conversation from broadcasting, put it on the internet, and all of a sudden it turns into a barroom conversation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. That's that's, that's uh, an interesting way of, of saying it, but it's the truth. It is the truth. Yeah. Now, now is but with Rogan's thing, yeah, he's made for the internet. Well, okay, but they're going to gag any kind of speech. But then I got to thinking about it. You know, there's a lot of Tucker wannabes or minions out there, and I wouldn't even say wannabes or minions, but people that have the same thoughts and everything. Now he's got a good producer, probably some good writers that are still with him, and they can still work. You know, because I'm sure he corrals the thoughts and you know. Mm-hmm targets them and, you know, and polishes them up. And I started thinking, you know, let's just say that he did a, a, uh, uh, like a think tank, a newsletter and made it available to, you know, to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd pay for that. And I even have a name for the darn thing, uh, that he could call it. And he just throws his thoughts on printed paper for us or that we download and take, and then we take it put our own little personality and spin to it. And all of a sudden his voice is multiplied from one to 90 some thousand podcasters out there. Mm-hmm. And they can't stop him from writing down and doing that because his thing 
was verbal communication. Right. So there's I, I don't there's ways of getting around it. My question is, can he do what he did the other night? You know, the other night he did a two minute and fifteen second uh, video on camera. By the way, with a very similar backdrop to one of his sets, and he was magnificent. He had his suit and tie on. He carried himself the way he carried himself when he was doing his show open. And he didn't talk about Fox. He didn't talk about why he left Fox or whether he was actually gone from Fox. He talked about kind of the world in general and life in general. And do you know that he got 47 million views and counting? I mean, they're still looking at it. 47 million. He had more people watch the two-minute video than watched Fox for a whole day. Yeah. Now, he'd have to be careful. He couldn't do an ed editorial, but he can do actualities. So, in other words, you know, we set up the story or, you know, we do the setup, and then we go to him, you know, where it's not an opinion and it's not anything. It's like an actuality, a person on the scene. So that's, it has to be presented that way, just like when you're watching the news, the local 6 o'clock news. Well, we go now to an eyewitness, you know, or we go to this person, or we go to this expert. And it would go back to that name that uh, I'll give it to you later. It's, it's kind of a, mm -hmm. I think, it's a perfect name for what I'm talking about for him to do. But I can't, I'm not his agent. I can't tell you what he's going to do. I can't tell you what he should do, you know. You and know. he might just say the hell with the money and the buyout. I'm going well, to, I want my voice. That's what people are saying to him. See, people are saying, forget it, bag it. I think Carrie Lake was one of the people who said, hey, listen, forget the contract. Forget them trying to silence you. The country needs your voice now. And she even said, uh, we'll put together a GoFundMe or a uh, Give, Send, Go uh, page to raise the money to support any legal challenge you may have to uh, make. But maybe mm -hmm. Tucker doesn't want that. Maybe he doesn't, he doesn't want the legal challenge. You know, the other thing is, folks, Fox is going to throw $20 million at the guy. You That's know? nothing. Well, it's nothing until you have $20 million thrown in, in your hand, yeah, yeah, thrown at you. It's like, it's like, well, I can hold off for a year or so. Yeah, I can probably go to the lake and do some fishing. Well, and can you hold off for a year or so? Because I think Tucker understands the, re uh, the, the, the reality of it. Will this nation be the nation, even a facsimile of what it was in a year from now, if we carry Biden all the way through and then he wins the election and is he going to make the next four years? No. And even if he does, what's going to come of that is so destructive you know to... They can keep him off television, like CNN or Newsmax, but then, can they keep him off the Internet? Can they keep him off video on the Internet? I, I mean, is his contract so all-encompassing that it, it, everything video? I mean, that, that's, that's scary. Well, I hell, mean, when, when, I was in, when I was in broadcasting, I, I signed non-competes. I couldn't go across to I couldn't leave one station and go immediately across the street and work for a competitor. By the way, they were proven to be illegal actually. Uh a lot of the non-competes. Yeah, uh, well, there, there's a case in Boston, I won't get into it, but that 1973 a talk show host had a non-compete and he got offered to work across the street at the big station and mm -hmm. and he went across the street and uh, the first station challenged him to get him off the air. And the first station, the smaller station, the original station, uh, lost. 
because the court said, no, 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 you can't do that. You can't you can stop a guy from working. You know, uh, he's not he's not going there to take you down. He's going there to work. Yeah, and that that has always been the thing. But you know, as far as Tucker's voice, you know, or or the voice of democracy, I I let me ask you this: If all of a sudden free speech media mm-hmm. went away in the United States, but there was a way to hear it on the radio, you know, it might beam in from somewhere else. Would you listen to it? Run that by me again, one more time. Okay. I, okay. Commercial radio in the United States. No mm-hmm. more talk. No more. You know. No more political talk. Or it's all left wing propaganda. Sort of, sort of like uh, getting rid of AM radio and all the cars and stuff like right, that. Right. 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 <laughs> okay. All right. So all of a sudden, you know, another another form of broadcast that's not controlled by the United States takes it over, and uh, just like we send our messages. VOA, Voice of yeah. America. So you're saying like China sets up transmitters off the coast and starts broadcasting talk radio to the yeah. United States. And, uh, yeah, you know, somewhere around 7, seven to seven to 7.9 megahertz shortwave radio that uh, it doesn't take much power to wrap the globe, but you put a million watts on it and you got something. And, you know, you're, you're, you're shining through. Mm-hmm. You can have the VOW, Voice of the World, all right? And all of a sudden, they go to the Tuckers and whatnot like that. I don't think China would do it, but maybe some sure. other nation could do it. Or investor that goes to a country and puts it there. Sure, we'd try to block the signal, but your frequencies can change. You can. The only way they could stop it would be to come well, in and blow up the facility. Would I, would, would I listen to it if that was the only option? But it's your only option for freedom. Oh, you're saying that is a guaranteed free voice? I mean, are you saying that they would be able to say whatever the truth is? Mm-hmm. Whoever owns that and whatever oh, nation allows uh, that to be there? It, 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 we're not talking about any propaganda on this. Uh, we're talking about freedom of speech. Right. Oh, I'd listen to it. Absolutely. And the reason I mention this is because the old saying was always true, is that, you know, when you have radio, it's the power of the spoken word. It's media. It is your form or your your conduit to the truth. And saying that, when, when an invading country comes in, what is the first thing they take out? The communications. Exactly, so that you get no word from your side as to what's going on and what you need to do. They control the voice. So AM radio is going away. They're taking away certain, they're, they're squelching voices. So who's the invading force? Because it's the United States that's working on taking it down. Well, one of the things, are we the invading force to ourselves? One of the things they're talking about is if we were to have some kind of a coup d'état, a change of state. You know, um, one of the first things, one of the first ways we'd know about it is the internet would go down. The internet would well, go down. Well, great. It, it, the internet goes down. It, it, okay, it, no, we're under would, attack. What it, do I do? It would go down for maybe a week or two. That's just it. You may not have that answer. That's why, yeah. you, That's why A, you should have supplies in your house. You know, you should have at least a week's worth of food. You mm-hmm. should have bandages. You should have medicines, things like that, because it could happen, friends. In a heartbeat, it could happen. And uh, we we don't we live in a world where we just think every day is going to be the same, and it may not. No, it might not, and that's uh, 
you know, you got to do things about it. I mean, I see so many things under attack, you know, our, our, our right to knowledge about what's going on via communications. It's under attack. Uh, our well-being is under attack with the food that we eat, you know, and, mm. and you know, I have certain issues about that, that uh, I believe we're, we're slowly systematically being poisoned. And I don't mean that uh, and look all at, the generals got together, but. But look at all of our food processing plants that have been destroyed or badly damaged over the past year. Mm-hmm. What's going on there? 18,000, you know, 18,000, uh, was it? Chickens or something like no, hundred thousand chickens in Connecticut destroyed at, at the largest chicken farm in Connecticut. Boom, gone. What was eighteen thousand cows uh, down in um, in Texas in a fire destroyed? No one talks about that, but you know that that's important stuff. That's important. Yeah, you know, to eat a healthy diet anymore, the the one you should eat. You really can't go to the grocery store and shop for it because once you start reading labels and stuff like that, you're going, wait a minute, uh, I don't want all this crap in my body, but you do, you know? People look at old pictures of their great-grandparents and see thin people. In their diets were different. Yeah, in relatively good shape. They're exactly right. Everything we eat adds to us. It's just yeah. the way it is. Uh, you know, yeah, you look at things, you go, how much sodium is in this? I don't want to get in a diet, uh, diet uh, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, diet uh, I'm, I'm, yeah but uh, the simple fact is we put chemicals in things. Uh, they're there for a reason. They help preserve. But, hell, you got Skittles where they have uh, a, a thing in there, some kind of metal that's bad for you that's cancerous because it makes it shiny. And then it turns out it's in a lot of stuff. Yeah. No. Who, yeah. who was the chemist that said, well, you know, if you put this in here, it's well, not good for you. But don't tell anyone, but oh, it looks so pretty. Now, let me it. ask you a question. Who do you think really runs our, our country right now? Are, are the politicians in charge or are there big companies, uh, big maybe some people? Some people believe big pharma is actually in charge of what's happening in our country. And, you know, when, well, you, when you watch television these days, you should count the number of commercials there are for drugs. I'm just saying. Well, I'm, Big Pharma is a part of it, but I think there's someone bigger than that. And I think you mentioned the culprits the other day. Two companies out of Pennsylvania, their investment funds, and they own the entire world. If you go back and look at what they buy, they buy Coca-Cola stock, but they also buy up the PepsiCo stock. They will sit there and buy Budweiser, but they also own Oh, I don't know what's a what's a competitor beer to Coors, them. Uh, Coors. Coors, yeah, Miller, so they own yeah. that too. In other words, they hedge their bets. They own everything. They're buying up real estate right now. They own the banks. They, they own the own ground the, you walk on. They probably own the farmer that I was just talking about. They uh, do. Or, They're or the biggest yeah. investors. Listen, I gotta, but I gotta play this for you. This is Robert right. F. Kennedy Jr. was on an interview with ABC uh, within the past couple of days, and. He is very anti-vax, and he's um, and he believes the the whole uh, pandemic was uh, staged. You know, he he has some very intelligent opinions about it, and he's written about it. He can challenge anybody. He can challenge anybody. Uh, if there's somebody out there who is pro-vaccine, they can go toe to toe, and he did with the reporter on ABC. But then. ABC D 
did this. This is the end of the interview. Listen. We should note that during our conversation, Kennedy made false claims about the COVID-19 vaccines. Data shows that the COVID-19 vaccines prevented millions of hospitalizations and deaths from the disease. He also made misleading claims about the relationship between vaccination and autism. Research shows that vaccines and the ingredients used for the vaccines do not cause autism, including multiple studies involving more than a million children and major medical associations like the American Academy of Pediatrics and the advocacy group Autism Speaks. We've used our editorial judgment in not including extended portions of that exchange in our interview. We thank Mr. Kennedy for the conversation. Unbelievable that they would do that. Editorial judgment. All right. Um, Guess what? There was a time when a news organization would never think of doing that. You interview somebody, and unless he swore on your network, you didn't cut anything. Yeah, well, I would just say right now, they just admitted to censorship, and that is illegal. Now, unfortunately, uh, you don't need a license to be a network news agency. Maybe it's time they should be licensed. Maybe it's time we sit there and use them as a shining example to shut them up because... You know they're 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 sitting there and putting a gag into his yeah. his right to free speech. Now, was that an an opinion based on facts that he knows? Sure, okay. Here's my facts. This is my opinion. The only thing they can do is say, you know, here's our thoughts on it. He will sit down and go toe to toe with what he considers to be facts, and and I think they are. Hey, listen, you're, mm-hmm. you're listening to a guy. I'll be honest with you. I'll be up front. I got the first two shots. I got the first two. You know, I was caught up in the, in the initial movement. It was the right thing to do. Everybody was getting it. I got the first two shots. And then I, I waited a while and started to listen and to follow. And I stopped. And I, and I think to this day one of the worst decisions that I may have made was getting those first two shots because goodness knows what's in my system right now. I don't mean to scare people who got the vaccine. If you got it and you're feeling okay, just go on with your life. But if you look at what's happening in the world, there are a lot of young people, for example, who are having cardiac problems. What do they call it? Uh, uh, myocarditis. That's what they're having. I'm, I was looking for the word. Myocarditis. That's an infection of the heart. And and there are people who are great athletes. Look what happened with the Buffalo Bills football player, uh, De- DeMar Hamlin. He, uh, he had a heart attack on the field. He He died. They had to bring him back. Now he's talking, by the way, about coming back next year. He's ready to play again. And I wish him all the best. I think he's got a lot of courage. Yeah, no, we're, we're, we're not getting the, the, the whole picture out there, the true facts of the true stories. And, you know, you ever see these ads for, you know, Ingesta or whatever, whatever yeah. the drug's called. If yeah. that's a real drug, I just said, I don't yeah. know. And yeah. I apologize. <laughs> but, you know, all of a sudden they go, you know, uh, people that have taken this drug, you've had mild this and mild yes. that, and they've had diarrhea. Could and cause suicidal and thoughts. Yeah, yeah you heartburn. Know, and, yeah. <laughs> and, and and yeah, and and arms grow out of your forehead. But <laughs> other than that, you know, um, it's great. Talk stuff. to your doctor. Talk, yes. <laughs> um, I'm sitting here, you know, and they but and see, there's a thing called the Z law. Uh huh. And and the Z law, you hear it in commercials all the time for like car yeah. dealerships. You know, hey, just uh, this. You get this car. Anybody can come in, trade in your jalopy. No yeah, money down. Twenty nine dollars a month. You got a brand new Mercedes. Yes, <laughs> and, and then you hear that fast talking guy coming up where they speed it up. That's called the Z law, where they have to give you the information. Yes, but they didn't. They didn't specify 
how it had to be given to you. So <laughs> we'll speed it up and make it sound like a bunch of yes. chipmunks in there. <laughs> that's the Z line. That's what they do. That's how they do. It's a, a disclaimer. Yeah. You see, now, I, I agree that there should be a Z-law on everything, but I think a Z-law should be given in a, a sensible way that you, know, you, you can have to hear remember, and understand it. With this vaccine that we just took, they didn't have a chance to test it like other vaccines, so we were kind of like the trial. I mean, yeah, we it, were, they, they, they wrote down, we, they got a waiver so they could actually release it so that we could all be the... The, the guinea pigs with this vaccine. And for most of us, we're okay. Life goes on. No big deal. But I'm sure there's an element out there, you know, that's uh, having problems, having issues. And they don't want you to talk about them, you know. Uh, and it does seem to be younger people. Maybe it's because, yeah, it, young, maybe it's because younger people are more active. They're into yeah. sports and stuff like that. Do you remember seeing the memes of all your lefty friends about the vaccine? Well, you know, you guys argue the vaccine. I don't know what's in a Big Mac, but I still eat a Big Mac. Yeah. Okay, well, you know what? (laughs) Thanks for admitting you're a dumbass, but I'm not going to follow in your footsteps. And sorry for saying the word A, but, you know, (laughs) you you don't know what's in a Big Mac. And, you know... uh, for the most part, I'm sure it's pretty pretty good. Well, yeah, I've had one; they're good. Uh, but I don't think there's I don't one. think there's chemicals. I don't think. Well, uh, it's been a long time, actually. I, there, I don't I don't go there and eat processed foods like that anymore. But you did. But I did at one time, and then all of a sudden, I started getting sick, and I was going, well, "What's going on?" And they're going, "Well, your body finally said I can't process all this, and so to get healthy, you're going well. There's a real simple thing to do." Take it out of my uh, diet, and I did, and found out that oh, you know, you're a lot healthier and happier, and uh, mm-hmm. your taste buds come back too. So, well, it is, it is uh, uh, probably a lot to do with age too. You know, I mean, when well, you're I'm not younger- getting older; I'm just getting better. <laughs> hey, I had to get the touche in there. Yeah, you know? he he said with a smile. I wanted to play another thing. Uh, women in sports. There was a. Um, there was a law, and I, I forgot what the law is called, but uh, oh, uh, Women Sports Protection Law. Oh, yeah. and, and it was passed by the House of Representatives, and it was sent up to the Senate, and this is what happened when it went to the Senate. Nisi Hirono of Hawaii is getting credit on the left for killing the Senate version. You hear that? Macy Hirono. From Hawaii is getting credit on the left for killing the Senate version of the Women in Sports Protection Act. This is amazing, and I'm surprised women aren't through the roof. And isn't it amazing, by the way, that it's a woman who killed the bill in the Senate? By the way, she is literally one of the dumbest people in both parties. I mean, she's... If you look for the word, the definition of the word numbskull in the dictionary, you will see her picture. Absolutely. She is a ninny. And and yet Hawaii voted her in as a Senate. She's getting all the perks, the benefits, all the respect. And she's a doofus. And, uh, I mean, every time she opens her mouth, it's one stupid remark after another. And she cheerfully kills a bill that would actually help women. She's supposed to be a feminist, right? A feminist, not a transinist, a feminist. She's supposed to be working to help make women and their lives better. 
and she she ends up killing the bill that would have made it so that you wouldn't have guys competing. By the way, you know there's a guy competing in the WNBA now. Does that sound a little weird? The Women's mm-hmm. National Basketball Association. The WNBA has a guy competing in it. I mean, please, guys. Holy smokes. Does Brittany that make- Gaynor, she just recently said that it's a crime to uh, prevent transgender athletes to uh, compete uh, against women in sports. She thinks it's a crime. Well, you know what? Maybe it is, but maybe what we need to do is to sit there and create two new categories, transgender men and transgender women. Absolutely. And let the trans compete against each other. Yeah. I have no problem with that. You want to be a trans if you're a lady hey, that wants they, to be a they man? Can, they can have a then national... you compete against your kind. Give them a national television contract. We'll all watch them on television, too. It'll yeah, be, and they can be... drink a Bud Light when they're done. Hey, speaking, Bud, of, Bud. speaking of Bud Light, in case you haven't heard, uh, they're putting a big full-court press. You like how we put the sports, yeah, the sports yeah. analogy, a full-court press into their advertising campaign, spending millions and millions of dollars to get people to go back to Bud Light. But what they're not doing in the campaign is apologizing for having offended all of their customers, You know, which is, which is not great. And to, to top that all off, one of the biggest uh, transgender organizations in right. the country, you can tell them, Bill. What, what, what well, do, what they're saying is, they want Budweiser to reaffirm yes. their their commitment to the transgender community. Well, okay. Uh, so by doing that, uh, Bud Bud Light or Anheuser Busch lost what six eight billion dollars, something like that, in they, the course no, of a day or two. Eight, eight billion, yeah, <laughs> eight billion dollars. Right. So uh, let me ask you straight up: If you're uh-huh. transgender, is your community going to drink eight billion dollars worth of beer a day? That's a lot of beer. <laughs> That's a lot and, of beer. And we all we already know that Mulvaney, uh-huh. in his little his little video thing there, he kind of sipped at the can. Means I'm going like, you know, yeah. when you drink a beer, you drink, drink a, a beer. beer. You don't yeah. go. Yeah. Oh, we should have gotten him a straw. <laughs> yeah, you know, and quite honestly, you know, Mulvaney, I, I really think if the truth be known, Mulvaney punked Anheuser-Busch yeah. and played them for publicity, just like his transition over was a publicity stunt yeah. to say, well, no, I'm a Broadway actor, actress. You know that. I'm, I'm a big star. Now he talks, This was all publicity. He, every, what is it? He, he counts the days. It's my 250th day of... Being a woman, if you're a woman, just be a woman. Don't count. Just be a woman. If you're going to be a woman, don't make it sound like uh, there's an end, a beginning and an end to it, you know? Uh, but anyway, they, I do think he's doing it for publicity. This is a guy, by the way, who used to dance on the Ellen DeGeneres show as a guy. He was a, he was a dancer. So he likes fame. He likes being in front of the camera. And I guess he has it now. You know, he's probably got a uh, country pop sensation star that would sit there and uh, and share her record with him because she just sang at the wedding of uh, a hairdresser that uh, married uh, his uh, actor fiance, uh, who is uh, he's a big star in some television show. And I was like, oh, oh great! And Shania Twain came in there and sang her song. Man, I feel like a woman. Well, she ought to do it. Bring that song back. Do a duet with Mulvaney. Uh, I think it'd be funny. Is, is that I'd true? Drink my, uh, is that true? I'd drink my beer to that. Is is that Shania Twain saying that in in, in front of uh, 
Uh, is that for is that for real? Or, that is for real. At a wedding, and I believe they did the wedding in uh, Nevada. And uh, as a matter of fact, uh, is one of the Kardashians was the officiant for the wedding. I got to tell you, they don't they don't know how they're turning off their audience. I, I really, I, I, there's a disconnect between celebrity and the people who have been supporting them. I think. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, man, I feel like a woman. The song when it came out, it was Great a, song. it was a, but it was a, a song that appealed to women. It was a, fem, right. it was a feminist song. Now she comes out and she sings it to a guy, which turns off a lot of the people. Two guys. The, uh, she it turns off a lot of her audience. The feminist who bought it initially, man, it feels like a woman was almost a feminist uh, anthem for a while. You know, and and now you, it doesn't make any sense at all. These people are lost. You know, we give them way too much credit, the uh, the celebrities, because most of them, when you meet them in person and they get off the stage, m- not most of them, but many of them are numbskulls. Many of them are not very smart people. They are just gifted in certain things. I mean, you see some actors who can portray some of the most intelligent people on the planet and then they get off the stage and they're not reading the dialogue and it's like you don't want to talk to them anymore because they have nothing to say they're Mm -hmm. not the people that they were performing as you know before i forget i I have another cut i want to play elon musk sat down with bill maher of of all people and uh i was thinking i wonder if I wonder if uh, Elon said, you know, the last guy who sat down with me no longer has his job because he sat down with Tucker about two weeks ago. But uh, uh, Elon Musk sat down with Bill Maher to discuss what he called woke mind virus, the woke mind virus and the radicalization of the left. Listen, here's how it went. I mean, you have talked about this woke mind virus. Yes. In really apocalyptic terms. I don't, you should explain why you don't think it's hyperbole to say things like it's pushing civilization towards suicide. First of all, what is the woke mind virus? And if we don't deal with this, nothing else can get done. Tell me why you think that. Yeah, so um, I think we need to be very cautious about anything that is anti-meritocratic. Um, and anything that is uh, that that results in the suppression of, of free speech. Um, so, you know, those are two of the aspects of the work mind virus that I think are very dangerous. Uh, is that it's, it's often anti-meritocratic. You can't you can't question things. Uh, even the questioning is bad. So, uh, you know, you, you know, another way to almost synonymous would be, would be cancel culture. And obviously people have tried to cancel you many times. Many times. Yeah, I mean... Every week. Yeah. <laughs> from left um, and right. I've had it from both sides. Yeah. And, and it's interesting. People, you and I are both like in that little group of people, maybe it's a bigger group now, yeah. who, who are called conservative, who haven't really changed. Right. I don't see, think of you as a conservative. I'm definitely... Yeah, like, I, I, I at least think of myself as a moderate. Uh, you know, uh, so... I mean, uh, at least, the, like, <laughs> I've spent a, a massive amount of my life energy building sustainable energy, uh, you know, electric yes. vehicles and, and batteries and solar and stuff uh, to help save the environment. That's, that's, not, that's not a, you know. No, no, no. It's, it's not exactly far right. No, you, you know? drew that diagram. <laughs> I got to tell you, I, I don't know about you, I'm a little sick of studio audiences with their whooping. I mean, I mean, oh, it's yeah. funny, you see that a lot on the View. 
and uh, mostly these these left leaning programs. But it, it is just annoying. I, I was thinking when I when I heard it on the View last week, I thought, I wonder if it's a loop. I wonder if it's a, a, an audio track that uh, the control room will throw on. You know, we don't know. They don't show the audience doing it. And it could be something as simple as the director saying, up audio, you know, up applause, up laugh, well, you know, up whoop, you know, whatever they want to say. And the and the sound man brings it up. I, I, I do think there are audiences that would gleefully applaud like that, but I don't know whether they do it all the time. Uh, they do. I mean, it used to be the, the old standard in the 60s and 70s, the Carson show, the talk shows. They had the lights up above that said applause. Oh, I know, you know? that. I know that. I w- I've sat in the audience when it happened. And they, in the sound booth, there is a track there that they can bring up the applause. So I'm sure they can put well, applause yeah, well, in. They can put booze I'll, in. They can put everything I'll give in. you an example, though. If you watch, the XFL is different. The XFL, the XFL's uh, alternative professional football right. team, they perform in front of uh, a large crowd because they're in different cities like Seattle and Detroit and places like that. But there's also the USFL. They play mm-hmm. their teams in four cities. So even if you're the Pittsburgh Maulers, you're probably going to play in like Birmingham, Alabama for your home games. So what happens right. is the stadium is empty. It's mm-hmm. empty. I mean, they get a handful of people. They probably have to... Sure. You know, give them free tickets. Come on in, sit down. But, you know, you have this empty stadium. But if you're watching the game and you see all the action, you hear the the cheering and you hear the applause and the screams and you hear all of the sound effects you would hear as if you were watching a full stadium game. It's because they have all the sound effects in, a, in their audio console back in the, in the control room and they're mixing it as they go. So if somebody yeah, it's a produced uh, production, yeah. Yeah. So what I'm saying is that it would not surprise me in the least if uh, that the some of these whooping and responses, you know, they sometimes happen faster than the audience isn't really ready for it, you know. And so, but the guy in the control room is, so he'll just throw it in with the uh, the the pop of a finger, you know. Back in the mm-hmm. old days, uh, in the days of I Love Lucy, her laughter was legit to a point where. They recorded the audiences. They literally stuck uh, microphones, recorded the audiences laughing at lines that Lucy had thrown out, and then they mm-hmm. actually made laugh tracks from the laughter from the audience. They were able to isolate most of the laughing so, mm-hmm. because there was so much of it. And they they you probably have played some of it on radio programs if you have a laugh track. It, a, lot oh, of it, yeah. a lot of it comes from an old I Love Lucy program, usually. Yeah, I think it was, what was it, Air Force, or they called it the yeah. Air Force. They yeah. would get all these, uh, you know, mailman calling and all of those things you yep. heard on the radio. They came from a, a big platter disc that, you know, yep. a disc jockey could buy that thing for nineteen ninety five and make your show sound <laughs> like it was produced in Hollywood. And we'd all go, oh. That's oh, yeah. right. I'm going out to do a remote this weekend. I'm going to buy that record and jazz up my show, <laughs> you know. And then, you know, you jazz it up and the program director come in and say, uh, get that crap off the air. <laughs> <laughs> hey, before we uh, we bid adieu for this update, we mm-hmm. always we always say we can go short with our updates, folks. We always say, "Hey, look, no, we, we never can. We no. we can do thirty. We can do thirty minutes. It's an update. It's it's not like a whole show. It always ends up being like a whole show, uh, but it's a little more relaxed, if you know what I mean. Uh, I want to play for you this. 
Joe Biden yesterday at the White House. Now, Joe Biden has got issues with little little children, specifically little girls. Like to smell their hair, yes. Well, he was uh, getting ready to walk into the White House. There was a group there. He <clears throat> bends over to uh, ask a little girl a question, and here's how it went. Yes, baby. What is it like in the White House? Well, what's it like in the White House? Well, here, come here. You hang with me for a minute, and I'll, you don't want to go in the White House? Okay, all right. Okay. <clears throat> he was going to take the little girl into the White House. So he's <laughs> become a child snatcher, has uh, he? I, I don't know. But uh, well, you know what? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, mommy was right. Don't trust old men like that. <laughs> but you got to applaud her. Uh, she intuitively knew not to go with the, the that old man. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, Smart kid. Yeah, I'm going to play it again in case you didn't catch it. One more time. It's short. Yes, baby. What is it like in the White House? Well, what's it like in the White House? Well, here. Come here. You hang with me for a minute. And I'll, you don't want to go in the White House? Okay. All right. Okay. But can I sniff your hair? It's exactly, yeah. You know, I mean, mom, mom had to be wiping the sweat from her brow when, when the kids said no. Well, well, well done, sweetheart. We're stopping at Mickey D's on the way home because you did the yeah. right thing. And you get a big shake along with your burgers. <laughs> hey, look, at uh, that's the update for this week. Have a great remainder of your weekend, and we'll do it again on Monday. Yes, we will. Have a good one. See you. Bye.